We've been talking a lot about the Suns' perspective, obviously, in this series, because that's the perspective we have. But let's go to the other side and get the Denver perspective on the first two games of this series. Jake Shapiro, Nuggets analyst for Denver Sports, is joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Jake, thank you for the time. How are you doing? Oh, I'm great. I'm finally enjoying some sunny weather up here. I thought uh, the Suns beat writers and reporters that were out here might see some snow, and I was like, ah, you guys are going to have to turn back for that sunny weather down there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a solid, what, 100 here today? Yeah, (laughs) I think so. It's creeping closer i think luke uh all right jake let's let's just start here two games into the series and now it sounds like there won't be a chris paul for at least game three uh what's the denver perspective right now is is this series being viewed like it's over is it being viewed like the suns are still a sleeping giant you can't let them get going uh, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I had Nuggets in four going into this series. I'm more confident now that the Nuggets are going to sweep the Suns. Uh, the numbers on it all time are 225 and I think 18 or 225 and 22 teams that go up 2-0 in NBA history uh, with those two games being on their home floor and then uh, the following games being on the road. Uh, I, I just don't see a way, fellas, that the Suns win this series. I could see them maybe stealing a game this weekend, but without Chris Paul, the Suns were outscored 46-28 in that game. And I think we all know Chris Paul's not the same Chris Paul that you first got when you when you came to Phoenix, but he is so much better than the other options that the Suns have because not only the Durant trade robbed the depth, but the lack of moves in the offseason and the lack of using that mid-level exception like the Nuggets have and how good Bruce Brown has been in that spot for the Nuggets, they just don't have a depth. Uh, I watched Josh Okogie be absolutely terrified with the ball on the elbow, and from that moment forward, I had no doubts about it that the Nuggets were going to win this series. Wow, that is really, really strong right there. Thank you for saying that. Can I ask you right now, as the number one seed, of course, coming into these playoffs – what is what is your biggest concern with the Denver Nuggets? Uh, the number one concern coming into the playoffs was could the Nuggets ratchet up their defense to the levels that they had in crunch time all year? I think they had the third best defense in the fourth quarter in games that were you know five or fewer points. But the Nuggets in general had not been that good of a defense. So the question was, could the Nuggets – be that team that they were to close out games over the course of an entire game? And the answer so far through seven games has been a resounding yes. The Nuggets' defense has been awesome. And, I mean, I don't need to tell you guys about your team, but, I mean, you guys got the third-best assist getter in NBA history and two of the top ten scorers in NBA playoff history, and they failed to get 90 points in Denver. Uh, the other night. So uh, the Nuggets feel really good about where their defense is. They're coming in waves. They're attacking. And that was the number one concern going into the playoffs. I would say right now the number one concern with the Nuggets is who is the number two guy night to night, and can Jamal Murray be just a little bit more consistent? But Mm. uh, way smaller of a concern than it was before. We're talking to Jake Shapiro of Denver Sports, and that kind of leads into my next question, Jake. From from our perspective, we saw Jamal Murray go off in Game 1, and and I made the comment after Game 1. He had 34 points. It felt like he had 54. But then in Game 2, and I know he had 8 assists. I know he's still doing stuff out there, but it, it didn't even feel like he was playing for three quarters of that game. He had a big shot in the fourth, but uh, what did you see in Game 2 that if you're the Suns, you're trying to replicate for Game 3? Yeah, so what was interesting is Monty Williams' adjustment was to 
basically cut the head off of the snake. And what I mean by that is they were not going to let Jamal Murray score. And what I have found to be the most successful way to beat the Nuggets is to just let Nikola Jokic go off. We talked about this with prime LeBron. It's a problem when guys start collapsing into the lane and he can make those passes. For the Nuggets, it's the same thing. You'd almost rather Nikola Jokic shoot 25 shots and score 50 points than have the ability to make plays for everybody else. And I think that's kind of what the Suns did in game two. I want to be honest with you guys. Jamal Murray was terrible until the fourth quarter. And even though in the fourth quarter he still didn't hit a three, he was awesome because he just needs to be out there with Nikola conducting that two-man game. Uh, the second best player for the Nuggets all year long was not Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr., who, by the way, was a no-show in game two. It's been Aaron Gordon. And Aaron Gordon was absolutely fantastic in that game defensively on Kevin Durant. Talk about Michael Ballone and the job he has done, Jake. Is this his best year coaching? Well, it's really hard to say it's his best because the bubble for the Nuggets is something that will get remembered forever because they came back from down 3-1 twice. So the mentality that that team had is just so impressive. And you also have to keep in mind with Michael Malone is he's been around for the entire Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. era. So not only has it been like in-game adjustments and all that stuff, but the mentality these guys play with and the developments they've gone under in their NBA careers has been thanks to Michael Malone. So I think Michael Malone often gets overlooked as a coach. I don't always love his rotations. I don't always love his in-game adjustments. But overall, I think he's done a heck of a job. And throughout the league, he's very respected. But I think in the media in general, uh, Michael Malone often gets overlooked as one of the league's better coaches. Jake Shapiro of Denver Sports joining us right now. Uh, Jake, on the Suns side of things, Devin Booker did still have 35 the other night. He is second in the NBA playoffs right now, uh, averaging 35.4 points per game, just one-tenth of a point behind Jimmy Butler. Uh, Do you foresee the Nuggets throwing any different looks at him, or are they fine if he scores as long as nobody else does? Well, the bet that Michael Malone is making, and, and this goes into what he's doing defensively, is they're essentially trying to give the Suns tough mid-range shots and Devin Booker and Kevin Durant can cook on those they're two of the best mid-range shooters of all time Chris Paul's up there as well if he's healthy Um, essentially the Nuggets bet is this tough twos over the course of 48 minutes will not beat us and if it does beat us in one game it's not going to beat us over the course of seven games so the Nuggets are basically doing this math equation of Devin Booker is allowed to cook as long as he's not getting to the rim and as long as he's not hitting threes. Interesting right there. That is excellent stuff by you, Jake. Thank you. How about Jokic? Um, Should he have won the MVP, in your opinion? Yeah, he was the best player in the league by far. And I know Nikola Jokic didn't lead the league in scoring like Joel Embiid or have the fairy tale story and all that. But, guys, he was the the best team in the West. He almost averaged a triple-double. He shot true shooting-wise better than Steph Curry in his prime. Uh, The dude had an absurd year, an absurd year, the best year of his career by far, and that's coming off two back-to-back MVP years. I understand that, you know, people looked at him and said, oh, he can't get it done in the playoffs and all that. Guys, when the Suns beat the Nuggets in four, they they had Faku Campazzo and Austin Rivers and Marcus Howard out there. Like, of course Nikola Jokic wasn't going to win a playoff series like that 
or running into the Warriors last year who ended up winning the title. So um, I understand where the league is and how the league is completely controlled by narrative, but I just found it completely weak sauce that you give the MVP to a guy who ducks playing Nikola Jokic again this year in Denver, who hasn't played Nikola Jokic in Denver since 2018, and in that game Nikola Jokic orchestrated an 18-1 to run to overcome a deficit in the fourth quarter and hit a fourth-quarter buzzer beater over Joel Embiid. So uh, I, I personally, like as a person, like I really like Joel Embiid. He's one of the best players there's ever been, uh, and I give all the flowers to him. This is no hate on Joel. Cola is one of the history of the game and deserved to be compared to Larry Bird. All right, Jake, we appreciate the time, man. Thank you for the insight, and we, uh, we're looking forward to the rest of the series now. Yeah, whenever you guys need me throughout the way. I mean, it might be it might be quick here. It might be a little quicker than we anticipated. Well, hopefully not. <laughs> Thanks, Jake. We appreciate it.